Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Today. What in the March Madness happened to Kentucky? Iowa came in hot, but it didn't translate. Plus, the Packers steal the day by trading away Devontae Adams. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. Yesterday on this show, we talked with Chris Gordy from Locked On SEC about the Kentucky Wildcats being a dark horse to win the NCAA tournament. Today, we are talking about them losing to 15-seed St. Peter's basketball powerhouse, St. Peter's, 85-79 to in a 2-15 matchup. Joining me now from Locked On Kentucky, Lance Daw. And Lance, let's just start at the most basic, fundamental thing here. How did this happen? Well, first of all, I'm just still in shock that it actually did happen. But if you were to, <laughs> if you were to tell me that this upset was going to happen and you had to you, and you asked me how do you think it happened without seeing the game i would have assumed guard play and that's exactly what happened kentucky's guards here down the stretch have really really struggled to shoot especially shooting the outside shot ty ty washington Kellen Grady, Davion Mintz, all really struggling to get it going. And talking about Kellen Grady specifically, I mean, this is a kid that scored over 2,000 points during his time at Davidson, and his confidence has just been completely shot. Every single time he gets an open look, he sidesteps. He's not really getting in rhythm. He was one of nine from the floor in this game. Ty Ty Washington was two of 10. And so it was the guard play for me. It's just inefficient. And then on the other end, on the defensive end, Kentucky did, had just had a horrible time trying to protect the rim, and they finished with six blocks, which is pretty high for them. Uh, I don't believe they they average many blocks per game, but Kentucky just time and time and time again could not stop St. Peter's from getting looks at the rim. It was really frustrating to watch, to be honest with you, but yeah, those two things, not protecting the rim and then also inefficient guard play shooting the basketball. You know, the good news is they made up for not being able to protect the rim by allowing St. Peter's to shoot 53% from three, nine of 17. And so if you're not going to protect the rim and you're not going to close out to shooters, you're going to have a hard time winning. It's just that, Lance, we did not expect St. Peter's, right? So like to have this happen, do you think this says more about the way Kentucky played or more about what St. Peter's did to take advantage of the things that Kentucky lacked? I think, honestly, it's more of what St. Peter's did. This is a team that is averaging under 67 points a game. You go to Kim Palm, you look at their offensive metrics, just about every single one of them is red. They are terrible in just about every <laughs> single category. Defensively, it's a good team, but they can't shoot worth a rip. And so for them to come into this game, and like you mentioned, not only shoot over 50% from the floor, but over 50% from three, I mean... It was really impressive. I mean, Kentucky didn't play terrible defense. Don't get me wrong. They did have some time. They did have some moments where they just messed up. But I mean, if you're guarding and putting a hand in a kid's face and he's still knocking down threes, uh, I mean, honestly, what can you do? Uh, they had a kid come off the bench, score 20. I believe he was four or five of eight from three, Doug Eddard. I mean, how do you stop that? I mean, if they're going to knock down their shots and they're going to knock down their shots, I mean, they're just kind of willing themselves uh, to the uh, to the round of 32. It was more about, I think, what St. Peter's did, but also Kentucky did themselves no favors by shooting as poorly, uh, as poorly as they did. Iowa came into the tournament hot, but they couldn't take the heat. That's next. 
Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. It wasn't pretty early for number one seed Gonzaga, but a sigh of relief for brackets everywhere and locked on Zags host, Andy Patton. Well, a look at the box score won't come close to telling the whole story as the Gonzaga Bulldogs appeared to easily cruise to a commanding 93-72 victory over number 16-seeded Georgia State Panthers. Bo-hum, right? Not exactly as Mark team was only up two at halftime and was down or tied for the first 10 or so minutes in the second half before a back-breaking 21-0 run sunk the Panthers and sent the Zags into the round of 32. Drew Timmy became the first Zag in school history to score 30 points in two NCAA tournament games, dropping 32 with 13 rebounds, while Chet Holmgren added 19 points, 17 rebounds, seven blocks, five assists, and two steals in his first NCAA tournament action. The Zags will take on Penny Hardaway's Memphis Tigers on Saturday after they defeated the Boise State Broncos in the first round. More coming at Locked On Zags after this. Teddy Allen scored 37 and New Mexico State won an NCAA tournament game for the first time in almost three decades, upsetting fifth-seeded Connecticut 70-63 Thursday night to become the second. 12 seed to advance out of the first round in its 23 NCAA appearances. The Aggies won for their first time since beating Syracuse. No, we had to do that. In the first round in 1993, the Aggies will now go on to face number four seed Arkansas after they beat 13 seed Vermont 75-71. The fourth seeded UCLA Bruins were in a close one down the stretch against the 13 seed Akron Zips, but ultimately get the win 57-53. Junior guard Tiger Campbell led the way for the Bruins with 16 points, and they will face the five seed in St. Mary's, who handled Indiana in the first round. 82-53. I love it when so-called mid-majors get the 5 seed in a 5-12 and still get the win. That was one of those that had my antenna up a little bit. I was like, eh. But St. Mary's handle business. Appreciate you. The race to trade for Houston Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson is down to the Atlanta Falcons and the New Orleans Saints. After the Carolina Panthers and Cleveland Browns were informed, they are out of the running. Watson did not play last season following an offseason request to be traded and, importantly, the emergence of 22 lawsuits against him alleging sexual assault and inappropriate conduct during massage sessions. Texas grand jury declined to indict Watson on criminal charges last Friday, signaling the end of criminal proceedings related to him in Harris County and kickstarting trade talks between the Texans and interested teams. Here's what to look for on Bet Online, your number one spot for all your daily gambling needs. Let's look ahead at today's action in the NCAA tournament. Notre Dame had to win a first four game in order to make the round of 64. And for their troubles, they get six seed Alabama. BetOnline.net has the line Alabama as four point favorites. We saw two 512 upsets on day one. Will we see another between Houston and UAB? The BetOnline.net line for this game has Houston giving eight. And a 7-10 matchup between Ohio State and Loyola Chicago is as even as they come. BetOnline.net has this one as a pick-em. BetOnline, where the game starts. Here is another story you need to know. Iowa came into the NCAA tournament hot after winning the Big Ten tournament. But... Eh, didn't transfer to the big dance. What's up, Hawkeye Nation? It is Andrew Wade, host of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. And uh, 
I wish I was coming here with better news. The Hawks obviously fell to Richmond in the round of 64, an incredibly disappointing finish to what seemed like such a, a strong season, right? You win the Big Ten tournament, you are playing some of the best basketball we've ever seen in under the Fran McCaffrey era. You go into the tournament against a team that only made it because they won their conference tournament. And it's unfortunate when you have one of the worst shooting days of the entire season. And it wasn't like Richmond was playing spectacular. In fact, Richmond, I thought, played pretty poor themselves. But Iowa couldn't hit the broad side of a barn. And we are left not watching the Iowa Hawkeyes advance to round two or even the second weekend, as we have been for, for quite some time. A lot of Tennessee Vols fans are angry that they didn't get a two-seat. The players might have been a little angry, too. Here's Locked On Vols host, Eric Kane. A good start for the University of Tennessee, an 88-56 winner over a 14th-seeded Longwood, and Tennessee now will advance on to take on Michigan, the 11th seed, on Saturday at some point in the afternoon. Tennessee, a really, really great day offensively. A 60% from the field, 67% from the field in the first half. Shot 58% from three-point land. 14 of 24 was fantastic. Tennessee had double-figure uh, days from five different players. 18 points from Santiago Vescovi. 17 points from Josiah Jordan James. You had thir or 15 points from John Fulkerson. Uh, 13 points from Kennedy Chandler. And you had 10 points from Zakiah Ziegler. A total team effort. Dominant win over Longwood in the opening round of the NCAA tournament. Now, it's going to get a little bit harder. Michigan, not the greatest season, but has won when it's counted with Juwan Howard back leading that squad. Well, more on that, a post-game pod coming up, a Friday show coming up, and of course, we'll get you ready for Tennessee and Michigan. But in the NCAA first round, it's Tennessee over Longwood, 88-256. North Carolina in an 8-9 matchup against Marquette, and the Tar Heels came to play. Hey there, it's Isaac Shade from Locked on Tar Heels coming to you from the bowels of Dickey's Arena where Carolina just finished off a 95-63 victory over Marquette in the first round of the NCAA tournament, giving Coach Hubert Davis his first ever NCAA tournament victory in his first game. Carolina knew they were going to get punched in the mouth by Marquette. That's what Shaka Smart teams do, and so they came out and were the aggressors from the get-go. Caleb Love. Uh, tied a Carolina NCAA tournament record with six threes all in the first half. The Tar Heels had 13 total threes, the most ever for a Tar Heels team in an NCAA tournament game. Armando Baycott is now the all-time Carolina single season rebounding leader. Everyone was contributing, just coming from everywhere. The Tar Heels now move on to face Baylor on Saturday, the top seeded team in the East region, and Carolina will have to bring it again. Coming up, the Packers steal the day by trading away Devontae Adams. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. And it's the best tasting protein bar ever. They've got these new things that if you haven't tried, you have to. Built Puffs, protein infused marshmallow, and then covered in chocolate. Like, are you serious? And one of the flavors, churro, unbelievable. Coconut marshmallow, also a personal favorite of mine. All these bars, low calorie, high in fiber, high in protein, low in net carbs. You you won't believe it until you taste them for yourself. So to do that, go to built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. 
Agree or disagree? This is the cue of the day. In one of the most shocking moves of the offseason, the Green Bay Packers are trading. That's right, they are trading superstar wide receiver Devontae Adams, who had been on the franchise tag for first and second round picks in this upcoming 2022 NFL draft. Joining me now from Locked On Raiders, it's your boy Q and Q. You and I have been talking on and off mic about a potential Devontae Adams to Raiders trade for weeks. I don't know that either of us thought it was actually going to happen. I'll speak for myself. I did not think it was. What was your initial reaction when you saw this trade? Oh, I couldn't believe it. I could not believe it. I mean, look, I have been talking about it would be a good thing if the Raiders just went ahead and swung for the fences. And why not? Go all in. Do like Tampa Bay. Go all in. Do like the Rams. But... You know, a lot of a lot of that was that's what I thought would have been a good idea, but I don't know how smart of front office moves it would be for a new <laughs> regime. And then all of a sudden, it's it, you know it became a reality. And all of a sudden, when the news rolled out that that was something, I, I just I mean, I'll tell you, man, it was one of those moments where I'm still kind of I don't know, I'm just kind of like amped because of it. It's like wow. The Raiders are really getting a nice toy. I mean, that's that's one of those you get something in life that you don't think you can achieve. The Raiders just got something that I don't think that they they even thought that they can get. And honestly, I said this before, this is Derek Carr's best wide receiver he's played with since he's been in the league since Devontae Adams when he played with him at Fresno State. <laughs> Simple. <laughs> and, and, and apparently that was part of the calculation here. Ian Rappaport saying very, very late on Thursday night that uh, Devontae Adams' agents confirmed that, that Devontae wanted to play in Las Vegas for the Raiders. He grew up in the Bay Area, and and this was a lifelong dream for him to play with the Raiders at the time, probably the Oakland Raiders. They are, right. of course, now in Las Vegas. But so this was a, a mutual parting of the ways. This AFC West, though, Q, huh. it is crazy loaded. How do you think this changes the, the Raiders' outlook for 2022? I just think it evens the playing field. I mean, I really do. I think that, and I'll go out there on a limb and say this, I don't think that Kansas City wins the, the AFC West this year. You know, and, and that's not because they're going to wow. be a bad team. I just think it's going to be because yeah. this AFC West is going to beat up on each other. You know, and I think that right. uh, there might be three teams that make the playoffs. This, I mean, you never know. You know, all these teams are loaded. All these teams have a ton of talent. Now, you don't win championships and division titles in March. You don't. We get that. If so, Washington would be a winner all the time. You know, <laughs> The Raiders would have won plenty of times. You know, The Cowboys would have won. But that's not when it happens. It happens on the field. And so they've got to make this work. And I mean, every team in the AFC West. But man, if you want to talk about, you know, where's the weaknesses? You know, you can find a little hole here, a little hole there on each team. But you can also find a lot of things that will cover up those weaknesses on each team. So uh, I'm telling you, man, Devontae Adams is just even the playing field for the Raiders. Is, is that, that trade is just as big, in my opinion, as Russell Wilson to Denver, even though he's a quarterback. I think it's the same thing. You know, the, he's Russell Wilson's the number one. Devontae Adams is a true number one. I mean, it's just there's all kind of it's a lot of things alike. It's, it's I'm excited about the season. And, well, we're only in March. How do you how do you think this dovetails with some of the other moves that they made? I mean, Chandler Jones yeah, in yeah. the building now. The, the the Raiders have brought in some corners to bolster a a passing defense that had some issues under Gus Bradley. Also, a new coaching staff entirely. How do you think Devontae fits with the essentially the worldview of this Raiders offseason? Well, I think that the world now is going to realize that. 
the Raiders are 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 here to play. You know that they really yeah. want to go out there and and put their best foot forward. I think really this this move sent a great message to Raider Nation because I'll tell you, as a guy who covers the Raiders like a glove, hosts a radio show for Raider fans, there's sure. a, a a large group of fans that thought that this was a rebuild. Josh McDaniels was coming in here to tear everything down and build it back up. Chandler Jones. Chandler Jones is not a, a, a rebuild. Devontae Adams sure is not a rebuild. I mean, you're not <laughs> rebuilding if you go make moves for those kind of guys. So I think it meant, set the message loud and clear to the fan base. I think it set the message loud and clear to the NFL and, and everyone. Hey, the Raiders are, are, are serious about this. La- that last year appearance in the playoffs, that wasn't a one-off type situation. They want to go back and be repeat offenders there in the playoffs. So uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm excited about the moves, and I think that uh, Raider Nation is as well. And finally, Leah Thomas, who is a transgender woman, touched the wall in four minutes, 33.24 seconds in a 500-yard freestyle on Thursday night to become the first known transgender athlete to win a Division I national championship in any sport. Thomas finished 1.75 seconds ahead of second place Emma Wyatt, who attends Virginia. Thomas's time was a season best and a little more than nine seconds off of Katie Ledecky's four-minute 24.06 record. Thanks for making Locked On today your first listen. For your second listen, download Locked On Bets, all the gambling advice you need in about 20 minutes. Coming up Monday, we can all burn our brackets together. It'll be fun. So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today.